This episode of the podcast is brought to you by NMP Jockstraps. Protect your junk at all costs necessary. Coming to a local shop near you soon. Probably not. Maybe. What's up? Welcome to the No Mongo Podcast, a weekly show about all things skateboarding. And my name is Rick Beta. You can email the show, nomongopodcast at gmail.com, or just hit me up on social media at Rick Beta. That's R-I-C-K-B-A-T-A. Let's get going. So I wanted to start off this segment with an interesting story out of the UK. Okay. Here's here's the headline that sucked me in, okay, and inspired the next few minutes that I'm gonna talk about. Okay, here's here's the headline. Quote. Skateboarder says he was kicked in the balls by angry woman who objected to noisy stunts in Hanley Street. Yeah, I bet you can guess why I clicked on that. 28-year-old Curtis Munton was the victim, and he did indeed survive this attack. So I'm not the bearer of bad news right now. But, And, of course, the overall story, it's, it was just basic clickbait. What? clickbait which worked right it obviously worked it got one click from me or a couple clicks because i went back and read it but it's the act of getting kicked in the balls that stood out for me okay you know so for this particular event curtis was just skating outside his apartment you know another tenant was getting pissed about the noise and or maybe the trick selection or just whatever it eventually ended up kicking this dude in the private parts you know and, and if you're like 12 you're like haha that's funny but uh, if, unless you've been hit there it, it hurts you know it but that was pretty much it you know and i bet this happens more often than not around the globe it just happens to be that this particular news site wanted to run with this and consider it an actual news story but it's almost like if you think about it, it's almost like an america's funniest videos submission too you know maybe they could make 10 to 15k off it i don't know but this news story got me thinking is why i want to talk about it today should skaters Wear jock straps, and most importantly, cups. Big difference, right? And this just doesn't, you know, apply to the fellows either. All skaters, and maybe now I think about it, maybe almost all humans in the near future is gonna, you know, you gotta protect your stuff. I mean, think about it. How many times have you been hit, like in your, in that area, in your family jewels, or you know, that you know what I'm talking about. We've all had that pleasant experience of at least once, at least in our life, but then also at least one time on our skateboarding journey too, right? I mean, whether it's a rail or, you know, attempting to do like some crazy flip tricks, it can get pretty dangerous out there. And that's with or without, you know, the crazy neighbors, the small business owners, all that stuff going on. Back in the day, I had to wear one when I was, uh, when I was playing for Little League and, you know, playing Little League. And I got used to it, actually. After a while... You don't even realize it's there until you get hit in that area. <laughs> and then you're very grateful, very grateful that protection exists. Can't imagine what it was like back in the day before they had that. Like you may just put like a sock down there and kind of protect yourself. And I played shortstop. So I always had like the heat, like heat coming my way. So cups saved me big time in sports in Little League. And I think it's something... It's definitely something for most skaters to consider. So hear me out for a minute, okay? I know I'm probably losing 90% of y'all. You're like, no, hell no, I'm not going to wear one of those. I did a little research and found info from the, it was a national 
analysis of testicular and scrotal trauma here in the U.S. That's a mouthful. So it's just in the States. And I can't even imagine what it would be like worldwide. But according to the National Trauma Data Bank, so this is from 2007 to 15. They did a query of to identify adult male patients with scrotal or testicular trauma. Here are some of the results. And keep in mind there was zero mention of skateboarding in these. I just kind of wanted to give you an example to kind of, you know, go with my story here. And I'd love to see and read about how that would apply to us. I bet there's some stats out there. I mean, I did a quick search. I didn't see any but specifically for skateboarding. But anyway, out of 3 million male trauma patients, about 8,000 were identified to have scrotal or testicular injury. So that's 2%. And with less than half, so 44.6 involved blunt trauma. Okay? Not the trick. Blunt trauma. So the most common mechanisms, and this is in order from worst you know, to the, to the least, Motorcycle collision, go figure, right? 38%. Motorcycle accident, 21. Pedestrian collision, 15%. That sounds brutal. <laughs> you know. And then bicycle collision, 2%. So there's no mention of skateboarding, but there has to be. I mean, even if it's 1%, I'd be very curious to see. And another note, too, a penetrating mechanism occurred 50% of the cases. But here's the but. It was an assault. I mean, the assault. By firearm, 75% being the most common. So basically what I'm saying is don't skate with a gat in your pants. I mean, unless you're someone like Kalis, you know, you're playing Mortal Kombat, you know, people got to pay up, you know what I mean? You know, sometimes you got to, I get that. But as I mentioned, we didn't hear a lot about skateboarding in this query. So, and I guarantee you there are way more cases than this. I mean, this is just of the data given. That's not even considered like, say, the ones that didn't, didn't re it, they went unreported right they didn't report it or maybe skaters you know we you know how we just kind of suck it up or we just deal with it so there's all those factors to take into this this is just of those small percentage and another interesting fact fact too the median age of all the patients for scrotal with scrotal and testicular injury was 31 years old and the average skateboarder i think is around 14 now so obviously there's a slight gap with with all of that you know considering if it's just for skateboarding but still and here's another fact you might be that might actually have you reaching for a jock strap and a nice cup to protect. Oh, so I need to take a deep breath. Only a 50-pound force is needed to rupture the protective outer tunica albuginea after direct force. So the testicle ruptures when force is applied through the organ and is trapped against the bony pelvis protective cup or inner thigh, or handrail, something like that. You following? And don't think you're getting away from any of this, ladies. Accidental genital trauma, so AGT, was presented with pain and bleeding for about 89% of 359 injuries studied. Straddle injury was the most common mechanism, 73%, and the most commonly injured site was the labia at 63%. And then finally, of course, the most common type of injury was laceration, 86%. So once again, I ask, should skaters, considering like all this information, should they be rocking a jockstrap as an extra layer of protection? It's definitely something to consider, right? And I took this even further and kept thinking, like, which skater or skaters would embrace this? 
either voluntarily or monetarily, of course, money talks. And I could not, for the life of me, get these three brands out of my head. So Etnies, Red Bull, and Nike. Those logos are like in my brain where I was like, who would even consider? And I would like, it definitely had to be one of those three brands. Guaranteed that would happen. Especially for the right right amount of money. I mean, would you take like a six-figure endorsement deal from a jockstrap company? Seriously, I'm asking you. Someone like Patrick Melcher would have benefited, okay? Here's an example of when he his left testicle exploded. And it just pains me just to say that, okay? Quote, while launching over a plat- platform at a skate park, I landed pogo stick style with my nose of my board stabbing me in the nuts. It severed my nut from the sack and ruptured the testicle so bad that it caused internal bleeding in my kidneys and spleen, which made me vomit blood for 24 hours. I couldn't walk for nine days, and they told me that they needed to perform surgery to save my nut. It sucked. I peed blood for a week, but they say I can still have kids. Now was an old quote, of course can't remember if he has kids or not <sighs> peed blood for a week no thanks nope sign me up for two jock straps please i'll take two double layer put one in the back too front and back whatever <laughs> i mean what so it leads me to my question would you wear one if all of a sudden it was like the latest and greatest trend in skateboarding like all the mags are carrying it all of a sudden like there's youtube ads like all, it was just everywhere i can see it now <laughs> I kid you not. However, I I was also thinking too, I'm like, okay, say it does become a thing. I still think like most skaters like rebel would, they would be kind of, you know, fighting against it. Or they would wear like their jock straps on the outside of their pants and shorts, you know, kind of almost like a a crazy sponsor flex. (laughs) Uh, We've seen so many different style. I mean, baggy pants are back, you know, small wheels are back. You know, maybe suspenders will come back. I know Cab used to rock those and Hasoy. I could picture them wearing like suspenders and then you wear in the outside, you're wearing the jock strap as well. You got a great photo, cover of Thrasher Mag. I can see it. Skaters are weird like that. I can totally see that happening. But so once again, when we think of skateboarding related injuries, we instantly think of the obvious ones like head, ankles, knees, wrists, you know, but I don't think we bring up like the middle area of our bodies that much. Only when it happens, right? Not as preventative. So I don't know. Just let me know your thoughts. And this all started from that one news report about a neighbor kicking this dude in the junk. And that's where we are right now. So plus, I think I knocked the wind out of myself just talking about this. So let me know your thoughts. Definitely get some water now. Woo. I don't know about you, but anytime I talk about injuries down there, I just get, yeah, it makes it feel all, feel all weird. Next up, I want to talk about my Tay. Is it Steenhouse? I believe so. From Broski to Proski video. Yes. Right from the opening clip, I knew I was in for a treat. It was definitely feeling like the, the Yarna Verbrugian influence i hope i got his name right too that's one of those names like you never hear often yarn yarna verbrugian anyway but they they need to do more movies together is what i'm saying i I don't care what the excuse is it just has to happen has to happen 
It's okay, universe. Thank you in advance. Much like Yarny, Maite was working on, like, tricking her filmer, right? Kind of like bets involved and asking if, you know, she lands this next one, she'll win a Ferrari. And spoiler alert, she landed that trick and got the Ferrari. A red one. Not bad for recently turning pro. A red Ferrari. It was amazing. And then we got to see her, you know, meet her GGs, as it was said on the, the titles, the screen titles. And I always love seeing tricks and ollies done through trees. I just had to point that out. You'll see it if you have not seen it yet. If you have, you know what I'm talking about. But I'm so glad they included footage from the interior of the car as well. I mean, if you check out the gloves that she, <clears throat> I mean, the stunt driver is wearing. I remember going through a driving glove phase. <laughs> you know, raise your hand if you, you know, you can't see me, but... If you've done that before, and not just because it's cold, because you're like, yeah, I think I'm driving a fast car. Yeah. I think I, I believe I did. I'm not sure. When I had my 80 Scirocco and my 85 GTI, I think I rocked driving clubs for those cars. Uh, but it was a very short lived phase. Don't hate. Don't at me. Okay. But what I'm planning on doing is I will bring back, this is my goal, the driving gloves when I finally get my Porsche 911 Turbo S. Okay. That's when I'll bring it back. I'll post pics to, to, to reflect that. It could be five years from now. It could be 20 years from now. You never know. But one day I'll bring it back. But I was very impressive that she brought her dog along for the ride. You know? It's very cool to see that. I do got to mention, though, I, I don't want to come across as like an a-hole here, but is it me or does that Ferrari look like a cardboard box? I think she got chipped. I don't know. <laughs> Thanks, BT. Also, pay close attention around 2 minutes and 32 seconds. See if you can spot the Mongo Pusher. I'll give you a minute to find it. See if you can spot it. Hello, Ripper. Still has a chance to correct that, though. So I'm pretty optimistic about it. So if someone can someone maybe help like find and track down that kid for me, for us, and, and, and help, you know, kind of assist, I appreciate that in advance. And how cool is it to see like her friend Donald in the video as well? I mean, they've been skating together for such a long time now i even went back and watched some of her old you know earlier footage before you know i jumped on the mic and and they've even they've been shredding together for so long now that's so beautiful to see it's, it's just so cool i loved everything about this video though just the humor i was i was cracking up at the strong wind sketch i kept trying to figure out how they got that dummy to fly so high and how many takes did that you know were needed to get that you know that shot and I bet like cars or pedestrians walking by were like, what the hell's flying up and down? Keith, you know, there's probably some 911 calls like, yeah, there's someone jumping from, I don't know how they did it. Maybe they catapulted them up or threw it up or whatever they're doing. You know, this human figure is falling to the ground to his demise. And you have to pause it, pause it at about 524. How funny would it be to see that flying around? I mean, look at the leg too. Look at her leg. That poor dummy didn't have a chance. The impact was brutal, too. So either way, those, it was a very creative way to sneak in Evan Smith's pro model. You guys notice that? It was very sneaky. I, I saw it. I, I see you guys. Very, very interesting. I get it. Got to give you props when, when I see it. Now, I know she just turned pro, though, and it's way too premature to talk about like her post-skateboarding career. But I think we found it, or I've found it, or we all know it. Uh, like it's the elephant in the room. 
It was right there in front of our very own eyes well, and ears, about 8 minute 33 seconds in, if you want to see what I mean. That is what's up. That's what I'm talking about. She will have to do a piece with Cookie. Oh, light bulb moment right there. Another must-happen collab. I'm telling you. You heard it here first. That would be nice. See? Got your back. Post-career and all. Got you. But if you haven't seen this one yet, I highly recommend it. It's, it's basically, it's in my notes here, I put refreshing. So it's very refreshing to see content like this on the on like occasion. It'd be nice to see it on the regular, but it's not. But when it comes around, you're just like, damn, that was fun. It was just simple, pure, fun. And it's a very like she she she's very creative in her tricks, but their tricks there are some difficult tricks in there. You can't just walk out and bust some of the stuff she was doing. And that ender too, that was so good. So good. So congrats to her and Uma Landsleds. I might just have to cop one of those boards. Just saying, putting that on record here. And lastly, I'd like to give a shout out to fellow skate podcaster, pro skater, and co-founder of Skate After School, Ryan Lay. As I am saying this, he is currently hiking the Arizona Trail to raise funds for their after school skate skate programs in Phoenix. Yeah. So just so you know, the Arizona Trail is 800 miles long. That's an eight with two zeros behind it. Just think about that. Eight miles. That's a pretty long walk. If you think about it. 80 miles. Yeah. That's a long walk. 800 miles. That's so awesome. And it's, you know, he's he's guessing, estimating that it's going to take him about 45 days to complete that. So, got to give claps for that. In advance, Ryan, you've got this, dude. 45 days, 800 miles. That's a long walk, but it's for a good cause. So I will include the link in the show notes, or you can check it out at nomongo.com. But if you want to head over there now, you the, the website is fundraiser.com if you want to contribute. And that's fundraisers. That's F-U-N-D-R-A-Z-R. So F-U-N-D-R-A-Z-R.com. Any amount will help. They have a goal. You'll see it. Any contribution will help. And just if you don't know who Ryan is, follow him on, on social media and just follow along as his cause. This is going to be very cool to see this. So much respect, Ryan. I cannot wait to hear about this story, this journey. I don't know why all of a sudden I just pictured like a book popping in my head. Like I'd love to hear all the details as much as possible because this is very awesome that you're doing. So that's all I've got for today, you guys. Thanks for tuning in as usual. Much, much love to all of you. And I'll talk to you next Tuesday. Peace. Peace.